Are you biting my microphone? Really? Don't give me the cute face. I saw what you were doing. Yes, tell me all the ways I've wronged you. Hey guys, here's what's coming up. Next week, on December 6th, we'll be helping you out with gift ideas for the bookworms in your life. Gifts besides books, of course. Then, on December 13th, we'll be talking about our favorite book covers. And here's a quick plug for our Patreon. We've got stickers, bookmarks, mugs, and more. Check out all the cool perks at patreon.com slash thebooklifepodcast. We hope you consider supporting us if you can, and we're incredibly grateful to all of you for listening in every week. Thank you. Speaking of thank yous, we want to send a huge shout out and thank you to our patrons, Ronnie and the Pirate Queen. May all your problems be fictional. Now, on with the show. Welcome back to the Book Life Podcast with your hosts, myself, Mo, and my best friend, Abby. Tonight, we are taking a unique spin. We are going to talk about retellings tonight. So one of our favorite genres, subgenres of books, I have to say, is retelling of fairy tales or mythology or anything that's a retelling of a, not tried and true, but just a older story. I have some, well, actually, I don't have any questions. Really, Abby wrote the questions tonight. But fun fact, as I got into this, I kind of spent today going, okay, so I know for sure at least one book is one of my, is one of my favorite books. And, oh, there's another one. Okay, that's two. And then I was like, oh, oh no, Mo, have you not read a lot of retellings? And I started going through my list and I'm like, well, guys, let me tell you, mm, this went from a, our top 10 fairy tale retellings to a talk about <laughs> retellings because someone named Mo kind of hasn't read a whole bunch of retellings actually. So. Anyway, Abby, you wrote some lovely questions. Yeah, so for this first half, we're going to talk a little bit about retellings, things we like, things we don't like. And we will also go through the fairy tale retellings that Mo actually has read and some of the ones that she wants to read. And then the second half is going to be my actual top 10 list because I already had that done. I've apparently read more retellings than Mo has. (laughs) It happens. It's okay. Oh, that's good. All right. So, what fairy tales can you think of right off the top of your head? Like, just list them? Like, list them? Yeah, just, like, list the major ones that you immediately think of. All right, well, the ones I immediately think of, always, is going to be Being and the Beast, Cinderella, Red Riding Hood, Rapunzel, and the Snow Queen, I think, is the other one. Is that the one Winter's based off of? No. Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, which is the other one that I usually think of. Yeah, so I saw Snow Queen, which made me think Elsa. So those are my main ones. What about for you? What are your, like, right up your head? What are your retellings that, or fairy tales you could think of? Well, I immediately think of basically the same ones as you. Um, Cinderella, Snow White and the Seven Doors, Beauty and the Beast. Those are, like, the big three, I feel like. Yeah, for sure. And then, of course, I think of Rapunzel as well, if I really stop and think about it. Yeah, well, my mind immediately went to Cress. Like, I could, like, not think about Cress. Mm-hmm. Now, you also asked, do you have retellings on this list of those that you mentioned? I can tell you for sure. Well, yes, actually. I definitely have Cinderella. I have two featured off Cinderella. One, Beauty and the Beast. I mean, mm-hmm. 
I kind of didn't list out the entire Lunar Chronicles, but that's where the rest of my list came from because it's probably, not probably, it is still one of my top 10 favorite series that I have read. Like, I'm pretty sure I've told you, but one of my comfort, not comfort things, but when I need something to listen to and I'm tired of listening to music, I just put on a copy of Cinder and I, how far am I? And I listen to it at work because it's one of those that you can just listen and enjoy it no matter where you are. Mm-hmm. Okay, if it starts, yeah, it's going to start playing. I'm on chapter 33 um, and I've been listening to this for a hot minute. <laughs> I can't even tell you. But eventually I'm going to progress my way to Scarlet. I have an hour and 30 minutes left. Yeah. Lunar Chronicles is definitely one of those like fall back on it audiobooks for me, just because they're very comforting and happy to read. They are. I do have a couple Cinderella's on my list. I don't have a Beauty and the Beast on my top 10 list. And I don't have uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves on my list. Unless we're counting all of the Lunar Chronicles, which is also on my list. But... I mean, I would not say no. Okay, so if we count the Lunar Chronicles, you've got Scarlet, which is a combination of Beauty and the Beast and Little Red Riding Hood. Mm-hmm. You've got Cress, which is obviously Rapunzel, and you've got Winter, which is Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. So, I mean, if you're counting those, yes. If you're not counting all four of those, the only ones that of the major ones that are on my list are Cinderella. <laughs> and like, just going right into your second question, which fairy tales do you think have been done to death? Cinderella. Oh, Cinderella's <laughs> been done to death. Like, I, I don't know why that's the one everyone thinks that they still need to go to. We have done Bibbidi Boppity Boo. We have done the pumpkin into the carriage. Oh, look, there goes the glass slipper. Ooh, oh man, the princess got... Or the princess, you know, the chick got the guy at midnight. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, they even like doing reverse. So I've not read a reverse of this at all, which I think would still be interesting. I probably would still read a reverse retelling of Cinderella, you know, like. Yeah, Cinderella is one of those that's like, it has been killed so many times. They keep reanimating the corpse to kill it again kind of things. So unless you're doing something seriously different with it, like Marissa Meyer did with Cinder. Just don't even bother. <laughs> Which, going into that, I think the reason why I love Mercer Meyer's retellings is because she made it into a sci-fi futuristic setting. And as young adult, like, I mean, gosh, I'm, what was I, was I reading or listening to something recently? Did I finish something recently? I don't know, did you? <laughs> I feel like I finished a book recently, but I can't remember which one, that's sad. What book did I finish recently? <laughs> well, The Last Graduate was just a magical, perfectly written young adult novel. I don't know. I just, maybe I think about Gilded. I don't know, but I'm not quite through Gilded yet. And I'm kind of getting nervous because Bethany, the hostess of the Prince Kai pod. Prince Kai right? fan pod. The Prince Kai fan pod hinted that Rissa did things that are unexpected and should never be allowed in YA novels. So I'm getting kind of concerned. Because mm-hmm. I'm 40% of the way through and I'm like, what What are you going to do? So I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this at this point, honestly. But I really love YA retellings, which is kind of where I'm going with, I guess. Mm-hmm. That I think the most perfect retellings are the YAs. I feel like 
YA and fairy tales just go well together, you know? Like, yeah. Oh, they, yeah. just, they just mesh really well. Like, obviously, you can make an adult fairy tale. I've read a couple of those. But when all you're really looking for is that happy ending, maybe a kiss at the end, YA is the perfect genre to stick a fairy tale into. So, I agree. They work very well. So, which fairy tales would you like to see more of in retellings? Everything. Honestly, I love, and not even fairy tales, I love seeing mythology retellings. So, I didn't include this one because this was more fairy tales than mythology, but The Firebird by uh, Mercedes Lackey is a Russian mythology story put into a fantasy setting about a firebird. And I I really love when people take, I don't know, um, like I really kind of want to get into like the the trend going on, the retelling of Greek tales, mythology. I love when people put gods in stories. Like I like the Iron series by Kevin Hearn. And how he portrays basically anything that humans have given a belief becomes an entity and becomes a reality. So, like, you have multiple iterations of Thor, multiple iterations of Jesus, multiple iterations of anything people put a belief in, they it manifests. And then I love how Patricia Briggs takes... I really love how she interweaves Native American mythology into her books. So, I want to see more mythology stuff come out in um, a fantasy or sci-fi setting but fairy tales specifically oh man everything like i i haven't read enough to even tell you which ones i want to see more of i just need to read more what about for you because that was a long-winded answer so for me i seem to prefer the fairy tales that aren't touched much like the goose girl 12 dancing princesses let's see I really like Arabian Night retellings. And of course, you have things like Rumpelstiltskin and um, King Midas and the Golden Touch. Both of those have really recent retellings that have come out. Um, well, who has done the retellings of the Midas Touch? I think it's called, the book is called The Guild or something. It's really close to the one that Marissa Meyer did. Like the name? Yeah. And like the cover looks really similar too. Whoops, someone, someone didn't do a good job here. I know, someone messed that up, but, like, they're not related at all, completely different authors, but I've seen it floating around. Uh, it's literally called Guild, and it has a gold, oh, it looks good, though. See, I told you, it looks really similar, doesn't it? Best-selling author, Raven Kennedy, comes out with the first book in a study new fantasy series, perfect for fans of Sarah J. Mace and Jennifer L. Ooh, long name. The Fae abandoned this world to us. And the ones with the power to rule. Gold. Okay. I mean, it sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Right. It sounds interesting, but I'm also like, I'm not a fan of Sarah J. Moss, so I'm not sure that's a good recommendation for me. <laughs> uh, what, what, what does she write? Uh, Court of Thorns and Roses. Yeah, I haven't read that. And I'm pretty sure, like, every time... I think about wanting to read it. I remember that I just don't enjoy the subject matter that seems to be prevalent in that book. Yeah, and it's supposed to be like a Beauty and the Beast retelling. And I'm just like, I've heard so many opinions of it and so many people love it. But it's been shoved down my throat so much that I'm just like, I have zero desire to read it ever. (laughs) I mean, and I think that is okay. 
Right. And I'm glad that people have read it and loved it. I love seeing people love what they're reading. That's awesome. And just like, this is a little too much for me, guys. I don't know. It, I just like when things just kind of gloss over it. And the room faded to black. I have a really good imagination, guys. I can do just fine. Not reading about anything. They kissed again. Right. And that's a big part of that series. So that's part of why I'm like, Mm, if good for Sarah J. Moss fans. Really, huh? Okay. Well, I see. Yeah. Well, I feel like one of the new, what is it, trends is that when people have a fae in their books, that they have to have sex throughout it. Mm. I don't know. Have you gotten that vibe or is that like just me? So I'm pretty sure this comes from, this is just a subgenre. There's a group of readers who really enjoy fantasizing about humans and non-humans together that includes things like dragons in human form and fey and Mm -hmm. all that sort of ilk so in my mind this trend having become a bigger thing is probably publishers just noticing hey people like this stuff (laughs) and authors going hey people like this stuff and then the two get together and they publish that stuff. Man, I, yes. And I go back to this. Actually, I told Nate this too. It's like, I know that sex sells. Like, we know this. We know this. How it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Abby. I just don't find the value in it. You know, I find I'm so much happier when I've read a kick-ass novel. And man, have we like, gone through every political intrigue we possibly could, and holy shit, look at all these twists and turns, you did not see that coming, and you have these amazing characters that you fall in love with. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I mean, I get more jazzed on um, a political plot, honestly. Like, I think that's why I enjoyed Cinder so much, because once we got, once you got out of Cinder, and more, like, in the crest, really, in crest and winter, mm-hmm. and you're like, ah, <sighs> You know what I mean? When you're rushing through the Luna, Lunar Palace and all these crazy things are happening and I can't spoil it too much. And you're going, yes, come on, Cinder and friends. No, don't let that happen. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, anyway, yeah. as I've mentioned before, I mean, I do occasionally read a book that has more graphic sex in it than what I normally read. But again, that's very much a mood thing. And max once a year, max. So, I mean, I I get why people enjoy it. It's not really for me most of the time. I don't want to be surprised by that stuff either. Like, if I'm reading... (laughs) Surprise, here's sex. (laughs) Well, I don't want to be like going along, reading a book and going... Oh, hey, this is cute. It's going to fade to black because that's what I'm expecting because that's what's been going on. And they continue. And I'm going, that is not what I signed up for. (laughs) (laughs) And then you're like, ha. Like, I was not mentally prepared for this. Can we, can we not? Oh, we're going to. Um, Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, that's one of those things. It's just like, if I'm going to read a book that has that in it, I will purposely read a book that has that in it. Otherwise, just leave it out. <laughs> I don't need it. This reminds me greatly. So I was talking 
to one of my friends I met through work. Her name is Ari, and she texted me. She's like, it's like, Mo, I feel I feel like a, a she's like, I think I tell you. Like, you were talking about our favorite kind of book. She's like, I like murders and smut. And I'm like, that's a really, like, far apart. <laughs> like, not together. No, no murder smut. Just either we're going to have a murder and detective story or it's just straight everything else. And I'm like, I actually feel like that is a large percentage of female readers. I'm not going to lie. Because I see a lot of stuff about how people like true crime, they like murder mysteries, but they also like smutty. And it's just like those two genres, for some reason, seem to work really well for that group of people. Like, that just happens to be their two favorites. (laughs) Kind of like our favorites of fantasy and sci-fi. Yeah. Which, I mean, yeah, they I guess they go hand in hand, too. And then, I don't know, I love literary fiction, too. Mm-hmm. But I don't like, like one of my friends um, keeps recommending the wedding date um, in that series, and you, and you're, and here comes Abby creeping in, going, Mo, listen, you need to know what that book is about. I'm like, it sounds really good, and you're like, Mo, listen, <laughs> you, you won't like this book, and I'm like, are you sure? My friend said it's a really great book, and you're like, Mo, I know you well. Don't pick up that book. And I went, oh. Okay. For anybody interested, The Wedding Date is a very smutty book. <laughs> this is why I was warning her against it. I'm like, literally, the premise sounds very cute. Yeah. Like, 60% of it is sex scenes. <laughs> if I had realized that when I picked it up, I probably wouldn't have bothered picking it up. No. But by the time the first sex scene hit, I was like, oh, it's one of those books. Well... I've gotten this far. I may as well continue, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we're already dedicated enough. We can, we're supposed to keep going. So this was a great tangent. I'm not really sure where we were going. And I'm so sorry about that tangent. I love books. And I love talking about books. It's okay. I'm sure our listeners will understand. They will. Shall we get back on topic, maybe? Yeah. So I would love to share with you, the listeners, and... Abby pretty much knows this, but I'm going to tell her anyway, what my favorite retellings are. So I know I've mentioned this book before. It's still always going to be one of my favorite books. It's The Fire Rose by Mercedes Lackey. It is a Beauty and the Beast retelling from the Elemental Master series, which actually every book in that series is some kind of retelling of a fairy tale. And plus she likes to throw in some Sherlock Holmes stuff in there too, which is really cool. I think it's a 12-book series at this point. I've only read up to book six because I went through a time of no reading and then I just haven't... I'm going to probably pick up the rest of the series next year, which is going to add to my 100-book list, which is fine. Um, But The Firebook Rose, I love it so much because it's a little steampunky. It's set at the turn of the century, um, 1890-ish, in San Francisco, California. And it's the lead character... As always, it's a strong female, my favorite kind of lead character. And it's just a good, like, mystery. Like, she is a scholar, and she needs to be hired because she knows ancient languages. She can't talk to her employer. He stays behind a door because, essentially, he's... You learn about this in the book, not a spoiler, but he's an alchemist who... His experiment went wrong, and he can't... He doesn't know enough languages to translate the text he needs to get himself transformed back to human. And and then they fall in love. Oh, it's so cute. My favorite kind of love story. And it's a standalone, which I appreciate. Even though I said it's part of like a whole series, this one was published in 
95 and the one and that's book zero the next one i think it's called the gaze of sleep was published in like 2001 which is a sleeping beauty retelling which is really good too but then suddenly everything shifts to london and i want to be in freaking london i wish she would bring it back to the states but whole different issue still my favorite one of these books that it, i have bought it for so many people um did i give you a copy abby no, but I did borrow your copy. Yeah, I'm definitely, it's definitely one of the books where I'm like, oh, you like reading? What do you like to read? Excellent. Because like nine people have maybe have bought it. And so it's kind of a nice little gateway in the Mercedes Lackey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I read it and then my reaction underwhelmed you. <laughs> uh, were you not that impressed with it? I mean, I enjoyed it, but I wasn't like blown away by it. It's a good retelling. I've noticed that I see. for me personally, Beauty and the Beast retellings don't usually like super get me into it. Like, I don't know why that is. I like the Beauty and the Beast story and I have enjoyed several retellings, but like none of them have made my list. And it's just, I, they weren't bad. I enjoyed them, but I, I don't know what it is about Beauty and the Beast retellings. Because I enjoy them, but I would never put them on a top 10 list. <laughs> I suppose this is okay. So weird. Well, what about Scarlet? More Scarlet on your Lunar Chronicles. I don't remember. Oh, dang. I don't remember either. I think Scarlet was my least favorite of the four. Again, not because it's bad. It's a fantastic series. But it's just like, of the four, if I had to choose, like, rank them, Scarlet would be my least favorite. <laughs> I, I see, and that's my favorite. No. Hmm. I know. I don't. I don't know what it is about Beauty and the Beast retellings. Not trying to judge, but I might be. Anyway. I got nothing. It's okay. Anyway, what else have you read? Um. So along the same line, so guys kind of haven't read a lot of fairy tale retellings and the ones I have read are all written by the same people because my next one is also one I'm pretty sure I made you read in high school called The Fairy Godmother by Mercedes Lackey which is a Cinderella retelling set in the 500 Kingdoms 500 Kingdom series essentially and mm-hmm. I this one really sets the the pace what what sorry I was just flashing back to high school Okay, because I was like, I'm like, are you okay? I'm like, are you broken? I can't decide what's going on here. So guys, me, my little freshman self in high school, loves my fantasy. And my upperclassman best friend goes, hey, you know what you should read? This Mercedes Lackey book. My sweet innocent little self went, okay, that sounds great. So I bought it and I read it and then I went, Mo, there's sex in this. <laughs> she went there was <laughs> yeah uh, I don't know how I missed it <laughs> you know how much crap I have missed in so many books for some reason I'm like oh what happened Fade to black or anything. I don't remember it at all. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> sure there was because I don't think it was. But this is also the same girl that her my one of my favorite trilogies. I didn't realize main character was gay, so it's fine. Wow. I don't know. I just like lost. I don't really. I, my interest level is like mirror. Oh, look, magic and swords. Great. Uh, so, yeah, Miss I'm Beth. sorry. I love this series too. Don't get me wrong, guys. It's a fantastic series, but that definitely caught my poor little freshman self off guard. I'm sorry. Please continue. Mo and Mo really does not know us in the book sometimes. Okay. Anyways, please tell me more about the books. Yeah, you just keep laughing. Yeah, so you had the whole rundown fairy godmother. So there's also Uprooted, um, which I liked more than Spinning Silver by Naomi Novik. And I don't know. I like I've gone back and forth which one I liked better. I found Uprooted a better pace story, and I liked the action better. In it, and I liked the dragon, and I liked the main character. What was her name? Nishka, right? I think so. Yeah. What was that retelling of? Do you remember what the was based off of? Uprooted. Yeah. Uprooted is a Beauty and the Beast retelling. Oh look, there's another freaking Beauty and the Beast retelling. Okay. <laughs> hey. So, um, I like Beauty and the Beast retellings, obviously, and yeah, we did a whole episode on Uprooted, guys. So if you have not read it obviously go read it listen to our episode is quite fantastic and the other one that really stood out was scarlet which is a little red riding hood mashup with beauty and the beast which we did a whole episode about that series as well Mm -hmm. i don't know what it is i like the beauty and the beast story yes like i said it's a good story it's just like three tellings never make my top lists and I feel bad about that because I enjoy the books when I read them but I don't know they apparently make my top lists every time yeah so tell me about some of the one fairy tale retellings that you want to read well I'm currently reading Gilded by Marissa Meyer which is a rubble silkskin retelling holy snikes is that dark and creepy did you start it I have not started it yet Crap, is it dark? I finished Redemptor today, okay. so I can finally start on Gilded. Is that your signed copy or your unsigned copy? My unsigned copy. Oh. My signed copy is sitting in its precious place on my dresser because I don't have any bookshelves to put it on yet. Are you going to get the audiobook as well? Probably not. Okay. Honestly, the audio is pretty darn good. I am listening to the audiobook. Okay, so I also have two copies of this book as well. I bought a signed copy, a hard copy, which is behind me on the bookshelf. And I pre-ordered the, um, what's the word called? Uh, audiobook of it as well. And the same narrator that does all the Lunar Chronicles also does this book. And it definitely took me a hot second to like, because like I said, I listen to Cinder during work. So I'm like, have to pull myself out of Cinderland. And bring myself into Gilded Land. Mm-hmm. But it's really good. So I'm going to finish that one. And so far, that might just, that's probably going to make on my list. On my uh, top t- top five at this point for retellings. <laughs> which, once again, is three authors. Mercedes Lackey, Naomi Novik, Marissa Meyer. Wow. 
Go me. So next year, I plan on reading one called Little Thieves by Margaret Owen, which is the Goose Girl retelling. I love the cover. It's gorgeous. Partially why I wouldn't read it, but it seems to also be cycling through a whole bunch of other podcasts that we like to do crossovers with. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, I've had that on my I want to read it next year list, too. <laughs> um, Dorothy Must Die by Daniel Page is a Wizard of Oz retelling. So... I think that might be my October read. It's supposed to be kind of a darker read. So I'm kind of excited about that one. Mm-hmm. Um, she did a Q&A with Marissa Meyer for the Gilded release and really liked her. I was like, hmm, I'm intrigued. I'm going to read your book. Hmm. So, Get of the Sea by Natasha um, Bowen. So it's a Little little Mermaid retelling with a West African mythology twist. So that really spoke to me. House of the Salt and Sorrows by Aaron Craig, which is a 12 Dancing Princesses story. The Wrath and the Dawn by Renee Nadia, which is a 1001 Nights retelling. And a, a Spindle Splintered by Alex Iharo, which is Sleeping Beauty retelling. So, whole bunch, nothing repeating at all. Nothing I've really read before. So, that's what I hope to accomplish and read. And maybe we can revisit this theme next year when I've actually freaking read more books. So that's what I got, Abby. Any questions? I don't think so. I also would like to read Skin of the Sea at some point um, because it sounds really good. But we'll see when I get to that one. (laughs) Right? I don't know what that means, Abby. Why? You mean you just can't just get to every single book all the time, every day? I know. It's crazy, isn't it? (sighs) So I'm also not huge on Little Mermaid retellings. And that's just because... I'm not a huge mermaid fan. Like, I know people really like mermaids. Like, there's a group that really like mermaids, and that's great. But I don't know. They just don't interest me. I mean, let me tell you, Will would be sad. That's Will's favorite um, Disney movie right now. Oh, Well, I'm sorry, Will. Yeah, he picked out, him and Nate had a, um, a Daddy Sunday, and they went to the comic book shop, and that's what Will picked out was a Little Mermaid book. Oh, that's awesome. All right, guys, that'll do it for this half. We're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to go through my top 10 list because I've actually read more than 10 fairy tale retellings. So we'll talk to you in a minute. These days, more authors are including mental health content in their books. But do you ever wonder how accurate some of this stuff is? Or do you ever read something where you know the author just gets it? I'm Elise and I'm Priscilla and we are Novel Feelings, a podcast where we discuss mental health issues in fiction novels. We are psychologists and book lovers and we have a lot of opinions. So look for Novel Feelings wherever you get your podcasts. Now back to your show. Welcome back guys and this half is going to be my top 10 list. So I have mine grouped a little bit. It's not like one through 10. It's more of a these two are retellings of this kind of story sort of thing. I thought that would make more sense. So my first one is Cinderella because I've read a bunch of Cinderella retellings. As Mo talked about the Lunar Chronicles earlier, I love Cinder. I love that whole series. It is fantastic. And what really makes it stand out is the sci-fi twist because without that, it really would have been just another fairy tale retelling of Cinderella. (laughs) So my, the other Cinderella retelling that is on this list for me is The Fairy Godmother by Mercedes Lackey. We already talked about this a little bit. It's part of the 500 Kingdom series, which 
I adore. They are all great. This one is just a standout because this version of Cinderella, she is a failed Cinderella. (laughs) And it has to do with the way magic works in this world. And it's very fascinating to watch it unfold because when you meet her, the magic tries to make things follow certain storylines. So she had the evil stepmother. She had the evil stepsisters. She should have been a Cinderella, but something wasn't quite right in the story. Like the prince was too young for there to actually be the ball and everything that she got, got to go to. Like that kind of thing is what really makes the difference. So instead she gets a job offer from a fairy godmother. So it's a failed Cinderella story. It's not really focused on Cinderella per se, but that's how it starts. And so it's, I just, I love the spin that this took. It is so unique. It is. Well, and I love the fact that the more that the tradition tries to push you into something, the more mounting magic behind you. And she had to do something with that. So she became a fairy godmother, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And apparently had sex. Sorry about that. Yeah, it happens. I know. <laughs> Surprise! So, you had a question for me? I did. I was curious, because you put this one first. So, is Cinderella one of your favorite Disney movies? One of your favorite retellings? Or fairy tales in general? Um, Not really. I think these only got put first because Cinderella is so big that it's what popped into my head first. Plus, both of these, I think, are on my top 10 series list. So, like, these two series in general are just really at the forefront of my mind when I think of favorite books kind of thing. Does that make sense? hmm Yeah, it does. It was just, like, one of those things where you just put it first, and I was like, but, yeah, so I understand your natural progression is that you put it first because it's your favorite books, which, good choices. I, too, enjoy these books. <laughs> I knew you'd enjoy them. So then the next one on my list is Spitting Silver by Naomi Novik. We did cover this in an episode. Um, it's basically a Rumpelstiltskin retelling with lots of Russian influence. This is the same author that did Uprooted. I really enjoyed Spitting Silver more than I did Uprooted. And again, Uprooted is that Beauty and the Beast retelling. Spitting Silver is a Rumpelstiltskin retelling. So it's like the Beauty and the Beast thing just didn't do it as much for me. <laughs> So the next one on my list then is Shadow Spinner by Susan Fletcher. Now, this is a middle grade book. It is a Arabian Nights retelling. And what makes this one stand out for me is that the focus of the story is not on the king or his wife. It's on another storyteller who gets drafted to help the queen because she is running out of stories to tell the king. This one also really sticks in my head because the main character is disabled. When the king was getting a new wife every night, a lot of the mothers were terrified for their daughters because they didn't know how long this was going to go on. So when the main character was little, her mother purposely crushed her foot so that it would heal badly. And so she has a permanent limp, which means she can't marry the king ever because you have to be perfect if you're going to be the queen kind of thing. Makes me want to hit this mom. Well, and the way it's described 
the mother did not want to do it. It was one of those, she was so terrified that her, this was going to go on for years and her daughter was going to end up having to marry the king at some point that she did, she disfigured her daughter. And then it, it was against the law to do that kind of thing. And you said this is a middle grade book? It is a middle grade book. Okay, because I'm like, it's, it's uh, getting a little dark over there. I know, but so it was against the law to disfigure your child because the king needed brides. And so she ended up getting executed. The mother did. And so when we meet her daughter, she's a teenager, mostly grown, living with her aunt and uncle. And she's a storyteller herself. And one of the queen's people overhears her telling a story on the street to somebody, but they only hear the first part and they relay it to the queen who tells it to the king. And the king basically goes, I remember this story from my childhood. I love it so much. And the queen goes, oh crap. So I can't just improv the rest of it. I have to actually know the rest of this story or he'll kill me. Gosh, shoot, yeah. And the interesting thing is the time frame that this happens in the queen has already had like three kids. So this isn't like she's a brand new bride kind of thing. Yeah. This is, it's been years of her telling him these stories every night. That's a lot of freaking stories to tell, man. Oh, I know. So it is a very interesting book. I love the main character. I love the writing style of the author and just like all the descriptions. It's just, it's a lovely story. It's a lovely book. And it always stands out in my mind when I think about retellings. I was a little surprised you didn't have Peter and the Starcatchers on here. I did not enjoy Peter and the Starcatchers. Oh, I thought you did. No. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that's perfectly fine. I understand. I am sorry. I think I gave it three and a half stars. Oh, that's kind of pathetic. It was an okay book. I wouldn't recommend people against reading it. It just didn't do anything for me. So, nope, that one never made my list. Never will. Okay, all right. I am sorry I said anything about it. <laughs> all right, so. Man, you make me want to read The Shadow Spinner now. Oh, please do. It's one of those middle grades that I want to reread because it's just that good. As long as it's not freaking as slow as warped assassin will be fine no except for the end mm. anyway sorry no i so i think you would enjoy shadow spinner it's it's very good it's so good it's there's this giant mystery and mm. you know how i like a mystery and i like political intrigue i know i definitely recommend it to anyone who hasn't read it i know it's a middle grade but it's a good middle grade <laughs> a lot of the middle grade books that I read when I was that age didn't really stick with me, but that one did. <laughs> okay, so the next category I have on my list is the Goose Girl. And I really like Goose Girl retellings. I don't know what it is about them, but I really enjoy them. So, and you have not read Little Thieves? I have not, but I really want to. Daddy, together we shall read Little Thieves. Yes, we will. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so the first one in this category is The Goose Girl by Shannon Hale. And this is set in a very, I don't know, not quite medieval, a little bit better than medieval kind of feel. But like renaissance 
Yeah, kind of renaissance-y. Okay, okay. Because um, I think that Middle Age went into the Renaissance, essentially. Yeah, so it's got kind of a renaissance feel, but the thing that makes this one stand out is the magic system. Okay. Because normally with the Goose Girl, you don't really get lots of magic. What's the Goose Girl about, precisely? Because I don't, I honestly don't know what that's about. Okay, so for anyone who doesn't know what the Goose Girl actual, the fairy tale, is about, basically, this princess is sent off to another country to marry a prince. She goes with her maid and their entourage and whatever. Mm-hmm. And on the way to the other country, at some point, the maid or the witch who is the maid, depending on the fairy tale, depending on the telling, basically switches places with the princess forcibly. Oh. And takes her place as the princess in order to trick the prince and marry him. And the princess is basically like cast aside and is forgotten about in some manner, whether it be magic or betrayal or whatever. And so the princess then finds her way into the kingdom, becomes a goose girl because she has to get a job. She has to eat somehow. And she meets the prince in disguise because he's pretending to be just a commoner. And they fall in love that way. And in the end, everything's revealed. And Princess gets to be the princess again. And she marries the prince and they live happily ever after. That's the basic gist of it. Okay. I mean, I like that. Okay. Right. So that's not really magical. More of a mistaken identity story. Right. Because, like, sometimes the person who takes the princess's place is a witch or enchantress or something. Sometimes it's, like, a jealous maid just it depends on who's telling the story this one has uh, magic in it and it's elemental magic and the princess has this magic and doesn't know it when she starts out see i like that Mm -hmm. yes so i very much enjoyed this retelling she does a good job of making the characters real people and it's just it's a very enjoyable read I don't know why, but when you said making the characters real people, it just made me kind of giggle, and I'm like, why? Why, Mo? Why, why are we giggling about that? Like, what's so funny? I don't know. And then the other one in the Goose Girl category that I have read and loved is Thorn by, I, I greatly apologize if I butcher this name, but I'm going to try my best. Intisar Kahani? I think. Perfect. Sounds great. Good job, Abby. Thanks. Um, this is the first of a series, which I did not realize. But this... Okay. So this book haunted me. I read it years ago. And then I remembered certain elements from it that I adored. And I kept having this hankering to read it again, except I didn't know what the book was called. <laughs> Oh no, the worst feeling ever. I was like, I swear to God, it's a it's a goose girl retelling and it's got these specific elements in it and these certain things happen and I don't know what that is. Oh my gosh. It took me oh it took me a couple years to find this again. And I was so ecstatic when I did that I haven't reread it yet. <laughs> it's one of those like 
I really want to reread it, but I'm also like, what if I reread it and I don't love it as much this time? Because there's like all that anticipation for it. Yeah. Yeah. But this is a really good Goose Girl retelling as well. Also features some magical elements, but there's less like personal magic kind of thing. It's just, it's a really sweet story. I really liked it. Hmm, interesting. I had to look it up and look up um, when it was published. Published in 2012, but luckily the sequel came out in 2020. Got it. <laughs> oh my god. Let the artist like let me just torture my poor readers. They 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 were gonna love this book and now they have to suffer and wait. Oh yes. All right. So again, uh going into the category of I like the lesser done fairy tales. Uh, 12 Dancing Princesses. Which is on my list. Well, one is on my list. So if you want to read House of Salt and Sorrows with me, that would be awesome. That is also on my list for next year. I didn't realize it was a 12 Dancing Princesses retelling, but I am all for it. Uh, it said it's very loosely based off of it. But, to, you know, even though it's loose, that should be fine. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Princess of the Midnight Ball by Jessica Day George. I really like her writing. I have read, I think there's three books in this series. I've read the first two, working on the third. But Princess of the Midnight Ball, it has a historical feeling. Like it could be set in the German countryside kind of thing. I like that a lot. I knew you would. (laughs) And the... Some of the elf elements that give it that feel are like the main male character who is, it's his point of view that the story is being told from, uh, knits on a regular basis. He was in the king's army and that's where he learned. And so he just, he knits on a regular basis, which is like, oh, that's something that guys used to do on a regular basis a long time ago. I just, I really enjoyed this telling. When you have... 12 sister characters that's a lot of characters to juggle and you definitely don't like super duper get to know a lot of them but she does a good job of making you feel like they're all individual people rather than one massive person that's hard yeah which is nice because then the following two books each focus on a different one of the princesses which is fun and they have their own other stories. So are there 12 books in the series? I don't think so. I think okay. it's only the three right now. Is it a newer series? Princess of the Midnight Ball was published in 2009. The series okay. itself is called the Princesses of Westfallen Trilogy. So it's a trilogy. There we go. Okay. Um, the second one is called Princess of Glass. Care to guess what that one's based off of? <laughs> Cinderella. Yeah, I was like, this is a trick question. I was really concerned. I'm like, I think it's Cinderella, but now I'm not sure. And then the one that I'm currently reading is called Princess of the Silver Woods, and it's a Little Red Riding one. Do you like them? Yes, I have been enjoying them very much. And Princess of the Midnight Ball, like, mm-hmm. I have all three of these as ebooks. Oh, I'm surprised that you're reading them. I know, right? Like, I've read through the first two. I mean, it was several years ago now, but I remember getting through them very quickly, despite them being ebooks. So that should say mm-hmm. something about how much I liked them. I don't need to add more 
thanks to my Goodreads list for next year, but maybe I'll add this one too. <laughs> Just keep adding them all. It's fine. Um, I've added like three of them tonight so far. You're welcome. <laughs> thanks, Abby. All right. So that one's a really fun one. And then the other 12 Dancing Princesses one that I really enjoyed is called Pirouette by Kenley Davidson. And this is the third in the series. I remember you talking about the series. Right. So I, if you listen to our top 10 episode that we did a couple years ago now, I had the Andari Chronicles as one of my favorite series because the first three books, fantastic. Books four, five, and six, it's kind of lackluster. If I redid the top 10, it, this series would not be on it anymore. But Pirouette is the third in this series and is based on the 12 dancing princesses and in this version there are 13 princesses the i think so Uh, i mean that's okay too well i'm trying to remember i'm like it's either there's 13 and only 12 of them dance because the um the main one that you focus on magic is not allowed in this kingdom And she danced in front of the court and accidentally showed off her magic without knowing she wasn't supposed to show off her magic, which incurred her father's wrath. And basically one of her legs got broken really badly and the king commanded that nobody like said it. So she has a permanent disability as well and cannot dance any longer without a lot of pain. So she just doesn't dance anymore. And that's the princess that you focus on in this book. So I really enjoyed her story. I really enjoyed how her character played against the characters that you followed into the country. Because <laughs> there's a couple characters from the previous two books that lead you into this country because they're going on a diplomatic mission. So it's definitely very interesting. It's my favorite book in this series. I highly enjoyed it. Highly enjoyed it. So that reminds me, because you mentioned A Kingdom Without Magic, and I don't see it on here. On The Six Prison Cranes by Elizabeth Lim. Okay. This is supposed to be a top ten. If you look at my Goodreads top fairy tales list, because I have a list for top fairy tales, mm-hmm. Six Crimson Cranes and Spin the Dawn are both on there. Yes. So, I mean, I love those as well. But I was kind of... We've done an episode on Six Crimson Cranes. I was kind of trying to like. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm sorry. I I won't try to derail you. I'm just sitting here thinking. I'm like, oh my God, Abby gushed about this book and loved it so much. She's mentioned another book. Oh yeah, it has this built, you know, no magic. And I'm like, oh, where's this one? I am. I know. I will. I just, I just. It's okay. It. I was, I was really trying to focus on books that I don't think people have probably read as much. Okay. I'm sorry. It's all right. Okay. So the last two on my list, I have under a heading called combinations. That basically means they're not one specific fairy tale. They are a combination of many fairy tales and I quite enjoyed them. So Secondhand Curses by Drew Hayes. This book, uh, I think it's an audible exclusive on audio, but I was highly entertained It's a group of mercenaries who basically go in and are paid to fix fairy tale issues that the storyline did not fix. 
That sounds awful. Like, like, like in the sense of that sounds like an awful job to do. Not an awful book. Actually, I, I mean they're really good at the job. Uh, they like the okay. job. So it's things like a frog princess who was like, I guess she kissed what she thought was a frog prince. And instead of turning him human, it turned her into a frog. And just like things mm-hmm. like that, where like the fairy tale went wrong and somebody needs to fix it. But in this world, like the fairy godmothers and the wizards and things like that only swoop in when it's like a big deal and it's following the story like it's supposed to. So most of the time, if people get stuck in a wonky fairy tale, they're just screwed, which is where the screw of mercenaries comes in. And each of them is from a fairy tale as well, but you don't, you find out which one throughout the book they're each from, which was really fun. And I desperately want there to be a sequel to this because this book ends with them talking about crossing the ocean. And I, I was getting like Arabian Nights feelings from it. Oh. Because this one definitely focuses on the European fairy tales. And so I was just like, oh, oh this would be so good if there was another one. <laughs> oh, and this author wrote NPCs. Yes. NPCs, a very good book if you haven't read it, guys. I was like, man, that name sounds so familiar. Mm-hmm. He's a good author. But yeah, so I've, I've very much enjoyed this book. I will probably re-listen to it at some point. And then the last one on my list is called Enchanted by Althea Contis. And this is the first in the Woodcutter Sisters series. And in the premise of these stories is that all the fairy tales are based around this one family. So you're constantly hearing the name Jack pop up in fairy tales. That's the oldest brother. All of those adventures are his. Anytime there's a story with Jack in it, that's him. Their last name is Woodcutter because you hear a lot of woodcutters come up in fairy tales as well. There are seven daughters, each named after a day of the week. The main character of the first one is the youngest, Sunday. And her opening starts with meeting a frog prince. And does she kiss him? Not right away. Okay. So the beauty of this series is that literally Contis pulls in just all sorts of different fairy tales. You've got Jack and the Beanstalk influences. You've got uh, Cinderella influences. It's this huge mesh of all these different fairy tales because this family is so ensconced in fairy tales. And the other books in the series are like that as well. They follow different siblings for each book. It is just a lovely series with an awesome take. And I love that it's not just one fairy tale per sibling kind of thing. A little bit of that. A little bit of everything. It's just like, we're just going to use this and that and a little bit of this. (laughs) Yes. It's a very fun series. It's very sweet. Well, Sunday's very sweet. Depending on the sister, some of them are more abrasive than others. (laughs) (laughs) But I really enjoy all of them. I highly recommend the series. I, I'm just going to put it on my, like, I, I don't know if I should put it on the to-be-read list or I'll just sneak it on to my read list. And I haven't read all of the books in the series. I think, like, the newest one I haven't read yet. It sounds really good. But 
it's on my I will get there soon kind of list. I'm glad I've added to your lists. <laughs> I appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> I, I just gotta go back. I really love retellings. I love talking about it. I kind of can't wait to... That sounds bad. I can't wait to not be talking to you so I can go upstairs and like fondle some books and figure out which I want to read next. <laughs> I know that feeling. Well, guys, that is our episode tonight. Um, we are so glad you joined us for talking about retellings. Let us know what your favorite retelling is. We, especially if you have, we did not talk about one and you think we need to read it, let us know. All right, guys, we'll talk to you next week. If you liked what you heard today and want to help us spread the book love, drop us a rating or review on the app you use, or share the episode post on your preferred social media. Everything helps. You can also check out our Patreon for some awesome perks like access to our mini-series, a monthly guaranteed episode poll, and much more. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter under the name The Book Life Podcast. If you'd like to contact us directly, you can email us at thebooklifepodcast at gmail.com. The song is Theme for an Unmade Anime by C8 Benoit from their album Dominique. You can find them on Instagram at C underscore A underscore B-E-N-O-I-T. That's C-A Benoit. And on Spotify under their name, Katie Benoit. Thanks for listening. Till next time.